Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. I will do my best to bring us back into what I believe God has for us today. Um, again, I'm just, um, I was thinking this morning, man, I was, I woke up this morning and I was so excited. I was like, man, I get to preach to my favorite church. Really, I really felt that. I really felt like, man, did I feel, um, I don't want you to ever think that I get up here and I just think I'm just, I'm just mailing in something. I, I, I woke up this morning so amped and excited and honored to be able to preach to you today. And I want you to know that I love you all very much. And I, and I, I take uh, every, every time I get to grace this pulpit, I, I, I chuckle and ask God, what are you thinking, Lord? Um, Allow me to be there. So I'm going to ask us to turn to our opening text, Acts chapter 26. And I'm going to read a familiar portion of, of scripture. I've preached on it before, but there's something I want to pull out a little bit more. Acts 26, verse 26. This is, this is Paul here before Agrippa. He says, for the king knoweth these things. He's talking to the King Agrippa. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For the thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You almost got, you almost got me. Almost. Paul says this, next verse. I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am. And he says, he raises his hands because he's a prisoner. He says, accept these bonds. <laughs> I don't want you in these chains. But I want you to be like me with the revelation and understanding of who God is. Praise God. Today I want to talk to you. I really want to warn you, if that's all right. I want to warn you, and my title is Beware the Grip of Agrippa. Beware the Grip of Agrippa. And we ask us to bow our heads today and ask God to speak into our hearts right now. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for this time we have together. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us the strength in our bones, our body, the air in our lungs to come here to clap hands, to lift up voices, to sing praises unto you. I'm asking, Lord, that these praises were acceptable to you. I'm praying, Lord, that we were able to please you and entertain you, God. I pray that today, Lord, that if, if we came and anyway pleasing to you that you would allow us to hear your word today open up our hearts help your word seep into us strengthen us I pray God spiritually shaken us today we need you Lord stir us help me your preacher today we give you all praise we give you all glory and in your name we pray someone say that name with me Jesus name clap your hands unto the Lord thank you Jesus praise God thank you Jesus Praise God. 
You may be seated in Jesus' name. I, I'm, I think we are, are um, interesting um, bodies. <laughs> and when I mean bodies, I think we're so intricately made. We are, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and process to see how your body reacts to things, how it, how, it, how it takes on maybe a simple cut or a bruise and how your body goes into immediate healing and then begins to uh, make blood platelets begin to stack over each other and stop the, 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 the hurt and stop things. I'm not saying we are without pain, but it's amazing how the body counteracts things that are happening to it. It's amazing how we are constructed. I, I can't help but think so early, so early in Genesis as, as God is forming man into dust and, 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 and he's looking at it. I'm, I don't know if you've ever created anything with your hands. I don't know if you if any we have any cooks in here that tried out a dish or made something or any woodworkers in here or anybody who maybe you know made a t-shirt I don't care what it is I don't care what you've made there's got to be a point where you step back you look at it you say to yourself is it finished yet is it done to perfection is it is it something that I look at and say I'm with this this thing that I've created, and I'm sure anybody who's done any art, any type of cooking, any any type of of building, yeah, I don't care if you're a, con a contractor, construction worker, regardless, there's always in the back of our minds that man, I could have done something a little bit differently. Yeah. I could have added a little bit here. I I could have put something here or there. I could have put the placement of this just maybe just a few uh, centimeters this way and just you fill in the blank that's that's our nature we're always going to look at what we made but when God formed us he made us in such a way that it was to give glory and honor not to your perfection but to his perfection could you imagine that could you imagine the thing that you put together was so put together that as you displayed it it was not for to go, ooh, look at that. It was to go, ooh, look at him. Amen. Everybody in here is meant to be the reflection back and that glory back to God. Amen. But get this. He made you in such a way that you would be a sinner. Look at Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Paul would write in 5 and 12 of Romans. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. You're starting to see this kind of domino effect, you know? We, we have God create Adam and everything was good and great until Adam sins. And when Adam sins, he stamps you forever and a day that you will be born a sinner. I don't, I, I'm, God bless the cute little ones. I, I'm telling you right now, who, who doesn't love the little babies of, of Ephesus Church? Right. They're sinners. Rank, stinking sinners. Some are worse than others. I'm not going to look at anybody. But we all know 
that the word of God is not secretive about it. Right. Even David speaks about this in his Psalms, in the 51st Psalm of his, in verse 5. He says, Behold, I was, you know, from the get-go, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I like even how Paul would write to Ephesians about our nature. He says, among whom also we all had our conversations. We, we taught our, the way we communicated, the way we talked, or the way we are nonverbals, our verbals, all of it, our conversation in time past were in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, by nature, the children of wrath or judgment, even as others. We've we are born into this. Our nature, our nature is part of it. And I let me just say this: that sometimes when we see that and I read it and I bring it out, it, it can be disheartening. It can be something where it's well, what's the point of even trying, right? I'm just a sinner each and every day. I hope we I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm a sinner every day. The idea that I'm not is sin. <laughs> I need to go to God every single day. I, uh, to take a, a little verse out of context, I need to die daily. I need, I need to get a hold of him. I need, to, I need to make sure that I repent every single day. Well, some of you well, Pastor, what if I haven't you know, robbed anybody today? Or what if I haven't? What if I was good? What if I was being a good soldier? My Lord, the time, let me tell you one great sin. One great sin is any single breath we take without worshiping him. Any type of moment we, we decide to put effort to something else without worshiping him. That's easy. God, forgive me. What a great lesson we, we learned today. What an awesome lesson that Brother Ryan taught. He, he says, everything you do, give glory to God. Every, everything. Think about that. Could I be honest with myself and say, maybe, maybe that thing I'm doing doesn't really glorify God? Man, I, 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 I want us to be aware of our nature. But here's something about our nature that is so important that we get today. That our nature does not have to be permanent. I love how Paul will go back in Romans 5.18. He says this. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came on all men to condemnation. Because of Adam. Because of that condemnation. That thing he did. It doesn't have to be this way. Even so, by the righteousness of one, Jesus, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience... Many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Jesus was that one who was obedient to the death, to the burial, and to the power of the resurrection. And because he was, we can have a different nature. Well, let me say it this way. Now... We have the ability, but most importantly, hear this word. It's so powerful, and it's the truest of word. You have the choice to change your nature. Man, we need to start choosing to be different. We need to choose to be a little bit different than others. We have to choose to be different than anybody outside these walls. We have to, we have to choose to say, you know what? This is not who I need to be. This is not who I'm called to be. This is not what you died for. 
I have to start making some choices. And choices, they, they make a difference. This isn't like the choice I'm talking about when you're up at 2 a.m. and you're thumbing through television. And you're like, should I buy, you know, that neck massager that also, you know, massages the shoulders and, and gives you high fives from now and then. That's not the type of choice I'm talking about. I'm talking to, about a choice that says from here on out, I'm changing who I am. I'm going to go against my flesh nature. I'm going to go against the grain of how I was constructed. Why? Because one man decided to be obedient to the hardest thing ever, and that was to live in life of purity, a life of no shame, a life of no sin, and he dies on the cross so he can shed his blood for you and me. Man, what a sacrifice. What, what a grateful sacrifice that, that he gave for us. And my Lord, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to just sit back and say, meh, it's all right. And meh, it's okay. I hear it every Sunday. I know all about this. You keep talking about it, pastor. You keep talking about it, preacher. It's okay. I get it. I'll be back next Sunday. No, I'm, I'm talking about changing who you really are. Mm. Let me tell you something. Paul will find himself in the 26th chapter in front of King Agrippa. And when he does this, he will expose a spiritual grip that Agrippa has. And a spiritual grip that I want to talk about. Really, it's the spirit of Agrippa. But that it's a spiritual grip that any one of us, any one of us can have. And I want us to look a little bit deeper into 26 and understand that here in this chapter, it's a powerful chapter, because Paul, he finds himself finally on trial before King Agrippa. It's taken a little bit of a process. It's taken him really some years of being imprisoned and put under this person's uh, uh, cover and under Festus and over here and over there. He, he was all over the place a little bit. And finally, he's in front of King Agrippa. And finally, he gets to be on trial and share what his story to the jury and to everyone, the executioner, the king, everybody is in the room. And he finally gets to do that in this chapter. But what's so amazing about this chapter, and I'm not going to read all of it, but Paul begins to express his conversion story. Yeah. My Lord, I love a conversion story. My God, everybody should have a conversion story. Everybody should talk about who you used to be and who you are now. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I, I, I don't want to get back on other messages, but that's what, that's what you're on trial about. Are, are you willing to talk about what God did for you? Yeah. There, Paul talks about how he was Saul, how he used to be different, how he used to be on the home team, but now he's on the away. He's on the away way. <laughs> See you later, world, on the way. And here, Paul talks about all those things and shares to Festus and shares to King Agrippa and everybody in the court about his conversion. But then he goes on and explains now his new commission and how now he's called. He's, he's, he's elected. He's, he's, he's changed. His, his nature is no longer this anymore. It is now different. Amen. Amen. And he begins to share that and gets, gets emotional about it. He's emotional. I can see him. He's, tears are coming down his eyes. His, his voice is elevating. He, he's just shaking in his chains about the goodness and the glory and the, and the grace of God. Yeah. 
And finally, take us to Acts 26 and 24. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. Wow. You're crazy. You, you, all this, all this is happening. And I don't want to speak. Who's who's gone back to school? Anyone's gone back to school? Hand up. If you've been back to school, I'm just warning you. Much learning doth make you mad. It's Bible. You can bring that to your teacher. <laughs> Calm down. Too much learning. Bots to go mad. Just tell them you're a part of a different church when you tell them that. But here, Paul's losing it because he's truly changed. It's interesting how our nature is very quiet. Our nature is timid. Our nature doesn't want to make a lot of noise. Our nature doesn't, doesn't want to always be the one who stands up in crowds and goes against the flow. Our nature, our nature doesn't like that. But no, Paul, he changes. His nature has been changed. And therefore, he goes against that nature. And therefore, he sounds. He looks mad. His, his speech is mad. His, 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 the way he looks is mad. I, I, can just, I can just picture him. The man is on trial for his life. And he wants you to know this, that Jesus is real and he changes lives. Amen. Yes, he, is. he says, I am, I am not mad. Verse 25, I am not mad, noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. I've, I've never thought more clearly. I, I've, I've been lulled asleep this entire time, but now I, I'm sober. I, I see truth. I see it for what it is. For the king knoweth. This is what he gets started to stare at King Agrippa. For the king knoweth these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded. I, I'm telling you right now, king, I'm telling you right now, the things that I'm talking about, I'm persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. This wasn't secretive. This wasn't a, a private club membership. This wasn't a jackets only type of thing. This was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I already have the answer. I know thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, and he reveals a spirit inside of him. He says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That word persuadest would make anyone assume there that he was struggling with faith. Everyone would think the way he said that is that he doubts certain aspects of the story, that there's something in him. But I'm telling you right now that the spirit of Grippa doesn't have an issue with faith or doubt. What I'm telling you right now is that the spirit of Grippa has an issue with holding on to things. It believes, it sees, it's aware. It understands the context. It, it gets it. It knows who Jesus is. It knows who Jesus is all about. But it will not let go of its nature. Wow. The issue of doubt wasn't the problem. It was the spiritual grip he still had for this natural life. 
I want to take you to verse 26, back that ver- couple of verses ago I just read, and reread it. These key things that Paul says. He says, for the king knoweth these things. He then says, none of these things are hidden from him. He goes on the next, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. And Paul wasn't just speaking in generalities. He was unveiling the long-lasting grip that all Agrippas struggle with. He was speaking of a lineage of spiritual struggling, spiritual won't-let-go type of mentality. Which brings us to the forefront problem of many of us dealing with today. We don't have a faith problem. We have a grip issue. It ain't the fact that I don't see God moving. It's the fact that I just won't let go. That I won't release some things in my life. That I I won't just be open-handed about some things. I'm telling you right now, I look across my church and I see people full of faith. But I also see people with white knuckled hands holding on to some things. And I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this. I, I got on my hands and knees this week. And God worked on me in that spirit of Agrippa that even your pastor deals with. Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir if I can say that. It ain't a faith issue. It's a grip issue today. Amen. Let me go a little bit further. Agrippa, as we know him, is one that's most common to the 26th chapter of Acts. But... He's not the only Agrippa. His dad was an Agrippa. Acts 26 is Agrippa II. And Agrippa I, you find him in Acts chapter 12. Let's go there. Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Let me just say this about King Agrippa. Let me just even speak about the spirit of Agrippa. The spirit of Agrippa doesn't even like to join the church. It likes to vex the church. Spirit of the spirit of Agrippa comes into the house of God, and all it sees is the negative. All it sees is the wrongs and the shortcomings and and, and the flaws of the ministry. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm wide open about my flaws. <laughs> I'm not as handsome as I think I am. I'm not as strong as I used to be. Not as quick as I like to be. (laughs) I've got issues. I want you to know that. (laughs) I've got a nature that I fight all the time. I've got to to kill this old man. I I want you to know that. But let me tell you what, the spirit of Agrippa, when they come into a church, it's, it's not to join the church. It's not to be a part of the body, but it's to vex the church. It's to, that word vex is a simple word. We know it, but it means to hurt the church and, and to, to kind of attack the church. It's, it's, it's a way how we attack by gossiping. It's a, the way we say, but yeah, I won't forget that issue over there. I'm going to be, begrudge the church. Hmm. Agrippa the first killed, think about this, he killed the thundering voice of James. 
Jesus would call those brothers. I want you to think about who James was. James was the brother to John, sons of Zebedee. And those brothers were there faithful with their dad, a part of a business, mending nets. When Jesus came and said he called them and they forsook their nets and they forsook that life and they forsook the family. Everything in comparison to mom, dad, the brother, it was so vast. They hated everything compared to being a disciple to Jesus. They followed after him with everything. James right behind him, loving everything. You, you read about James, and he's, he's front row seats at almost every single miracle in Scripture. He's there at the, the Mount of Transfiguration. He gets welcomed inside the room where Jairus' daughter is healed. He gets pulled into certain areas. It's amazing where James finds himself. And man, there was something about those brothers, something about them. They had that awesome, that I'm telling you right now, I wish I was blessed with it. I wish I had that awesome preacher voice. You know that one that had it like this? The one that can just mention a title and everybody starts running. I have to work at stuff. I, I don't, God did not give me that blessed voice. Those guys had those voices. Jesus calls them the sons of thunder. What a dope nickname. I don't know if, if it was just because of the voice or because they were, had a part-time, you know, wrestling gig and they were the sons of thunder. Just how my mind works. But I do know this. The Bible says even, I believe in 1 Corinthians, and i sorry I don't have the verse, but it talks about who Jesus showed himself to when he, when he was resurrected. And the verse says that he showed himself to James and to the rest of the disciples. The way it words it, it's almost though he made sure that he spoke with James first. And as I read that, it only makes sense because we will find out in Acts chapter 12 that James, now, now God blessed Stephen and, 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 and the hands that were laid on his life in Acts chapter 6 and the, and, the, and the judgment he went through in Acts chapter 7 and Stephen would become the first Christian martyr, but the first apostolic apostle, apostle martyr is James. And it was Agrippa that kills the very first apostle he realized as he runs him through he destroys the thundering voice of the gospel that's what that's what the spirit of Agrippa will do it will kill the thundering convicting voice of truth Amen. oh my lord Amen. come in here you think you're going to get it fed but if you've got that spirit of Agrippa let me tell you what you're cutting any type of conviction that comes over this pulpit. You're cutting down any truth, any gospel, any, any real message of Christ. You're cutting it through. You're killing it. Why? Because you'd rather vex the church than join the church. The spirit of Agrippa continues that same chapter. It wants to attack the foundations of the church. Look, look how it reads, Acts 12, 3. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he took, he took Peter, the rock upon which we build our church. 
And he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions. A bunch of soldiers, let's say it that way. To keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. We'll pause there. Here comes the spirit of Agrippa. It, it, won't, it won't join the church. It vexes the church. And then it attacks the foundation of which the church is built upon. The spirit of Agrippa will attack your doctrine. You will try your hardest to find holes in why this church isn't a church for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You're, you're going you're gonna to attack its salvation issues. You're going to say, you know what? Should we truly repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus? Is, is the Holy Ghost really essential? Is speaking in tongues truly evidence that I, that I have to have in my life? I'm telling you, those questions that are in, that's the spirit of Agrippa. Yeah. Yeah. And it wants to lock that type of truth down. It wants to imprison that truth. It wants to apprehend it. And it has a problem with it because it wants to kill it. Why does it want to kill it? Because you haven't given up your nature in place of it. Oh my God. <laughs> but look at awesome how five is. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying arise up quickly and his chains fell from off his hands let me just say it this way our intercessory prayers can break the strongest of grips I can tell you I can tell you those who clap are not gripping on to something open hands that clap. I'm, I, I'm speaking to the spirit inside of some hearts today. Hmm. You know what? It was it's unfortunate for those foundations, sir. My doctrine to kind of be questioned and be attacked and be, be on lockdown and maybe put in a place where I'm confused about and I don't, under, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. But let me just say this. That's, that's the beauty about the prayers of the body. They will help you get through some things. They will help you break that strong grip you have on your old self. Oh, let me get a little more clear. <laughs> the church did not devise one of the coolest jail-breaking escapes ever. Okay? You don't see the story of them digging a tunnel underneath it, underneath the prison. Right? You don't see that. You don't see it. This is not Shawshank Redemption here. Okay. The church is not stopping by with a cake with a file baked in the middle. Right. No, no, no. The church didn't go in and visit and verbally say to some people and some things that you need to do this and you need to do that. Yeah. No, no. The church 
prayed. Why? Why is that so different than verbally sometimes telling somebody? Because in order for you to, be, to get released from certain grips, it, you could be, I'm telling you right now, this pastor has lost air in his lungs telling certain people. It's got to be a God thing. It's got to be God. Being, being almighty and all powerful, bringing release to certain things and revelations. Oh, wow. I, I, there's times where I get to share with the body, speak to the body one-on-one -on -one and talk and strengthen them. But let me tell you what, we're first mandated to come together and pray, help God release us from that spiritual grip of Agrippa. Let me tell you something. The end of chapter 12 tells us that King Agrippa was smitten in this one moment. Let's look at it. Acts 12, 21. And upon a set day, Herod, King Agrippa I, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an Oritation unto them and said to the people, gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of God and not of man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Let me tell you a little bit more what the spiritual grip does that Agrippa has. It fights to let go of his will. It fights to let go of his position. It fights to, dis to, to, to do any type of, of re-evaluating and decreasing of self so that he can increase in your life. It fights all that, but ultimately it fights to let go of the crown. I have this here, asked my wife. I said, do we have one of these crowns laying around? And she finally found one for me, and I appreciate it. But I want us to understand who we're truly talking about. Because this spirit of Agrippa, it is so deep. It is so, it is, it, it goes down the rabbit trail. It is, it is so long. It is, it is not a new one. It is one that lives constantly. It's one that breathes constantly. It's one that comes in and out of church because it has no issues with faith. It has no issues struggling with doubt. It just has a problem with letting go. This, 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 in Acts chapter 26, you see the King Agrippa that we know most about. And there he is. He is he's doing what he thinks he's supposed to do. He's doing what he's trained to do. He's, he's living in his nature because his nature was not just his alone. It was raised in him by his dad, King Agrippa I. And there King Agrippa killed the voice of, of James. There King Agrippa tried to lock down Peter. That King Agrippa tried to be God when he was not God. But it even didn't start with him. His father. We find him in an early story. Worried about his crown. You pick his story up in Matthew chapter 2. When Jesus is born. And there's a Herod there. 
And he's worried about this, this baby coming to be that has a rumor that he will be the king of kings. That someone's coming to take his crown. Someone's coming to take his position. Someone's coming to attack his nature. You read all about him in those beginning texts and all of a sudden these wise men show up out of nowhere and they're like, hey, we are on our way to see the baby king. And all of a sudden he's troubled in his heart and he advises, oh, please, why don't you go? I want you to be blessed, but let me know how things go. Let me know where they're at so I can follow after and I can give my praises to. Hmm. It's interesting how wisdom always precedes stupidity. <laughs> but there, those wise men, they leave and they feel a little, <laughs> they're wise. <laughs> they feel a certain way about that altercation. They find baby Jesus. He's two years old at this point. Toddler Jesus. Yeah. You know, Terrible twos, Jesus. I just saw a parent go, whoo, Jesus. There they see him. Their eyes, they, they, they give of the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. They, they give on what I believe was their, what was their way back home. Because people bartered back then. They didn't have dollar bills. They didn't have a custom currency. You would barter. And what you had, what was good was gold. What was good to barter frankincense what was great to barter with was myrrh and what they had was their trip back home and they gave them their future here you go I don't even need it no more but they say to themselves listen we can't go back the same way (laughs) we can't go back to that King Herod the Bible says that they decide to, to not even go travel that way back home. And all of a sudden, Herod gets wise to, man, it's been too long. They should have been back by now. And look what he says in, 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 in verse 3 of that chapter. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. This, was, this is when he first heard about the king being bored. But in verse 16, it says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. He decided, I'm going to kill everybody to and under. Why? Because he could not let go of this. He could not let go of the fact that somebody else could be the Lord of his life. Oh, God. Church, let me just say this. We don't have a faith problem. We have a lordship problem. We have a problem with letting the spirit dictate what I watch, what I listen to, who I hang out with, who I'm allowed to live my life with. We, we, we fight the voice of the Lord who says that you're wrong and convicts you and that the word of God brings judgment upon your life. We'll rather kill that voice in our, in our life than rather give up the crown on our head. I'm telling you, beware of the grip of Agrippa. It's a tight one. 
but it's one that we have to fight. It is one that we have to let go. Let's all stand. The word Herod. Actually means hero. It's the egotistical hero we all want to be when it comes to saving ourselves. Let me tell you what, we live in, <laughs> hey, I get it. Marvel's a multi, multi billion dollar company because they sell the idea of needing a hero. We ingest it and we think to ourselves, I want to be that hero. I can be the hero to my story. That's not what God's asking us to be. Right. He's asking us to be the honest villain. To be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, I'm doing more harm than I am good. Yeah. I'm hurting myself by not being obedient to your voice. I'm hurting the people around me because I'm not being faithful to your grace. I'm telling you right now, God is asking us to be honest with ourselves and own the fact we're the ones who are in dire need of a saving. Amen. Heroes think they don't need saved, but we're not heroes. I'm telling you right now, get this off your head. Let it, let, lay it down before the king. <laughs> Let him be the Lord. Oh, man. Almost thou persuadest me to give this up, Paul. That's what he was truly saying. You almost got me to get rid of my grip. Church, we have an awesome opportunity to be open-handed right now. My God. I'm going to ask you right now to bow your heads with me. My Lord, every, every head bowed, every eye closed, work on us, God. God, I pray, forgive me right now. Forgive me for holding so tightly to things that truly are of no value to who you are. God, forgive me for holding tightly, <laughs> holding tightly to finances and thinking that I can build my own kingdom. <laughs> thinking that I am the one who will lay brick upon brick, God. Oh, Lord, forgive me of that. Forgive me, God, for holding the, the crown to my own relationships, dictating who I want to be with and who I don't want to be with, God, and, and, and fighting your voice in my ear who says, oh, no, I shouldn't talk to that individual. I, I shouldn't even flirt with them. I, I shouldn't even think about it, God. I, help me, Lord, let go of that. Lord, help me to let go, Lord, of my problem with the body of Christ, with this church. Help me, help me to let go, oh God, of always fighting against everything it stands for and, oh, what it means and always vexing this church and, oh, instead of truly being a member of it, God, I pray, forgive me now. Oh, come on.
Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Lord, forever holding tightly to things I truly don't understand. Things, oh, God, that I, I want to wrap my mind around and assume that I have it all figured out. My God, help me to forfeit that control. Help me to forfeit the fact, Lord, you, oh, God, are the foundation of my future, of my eternity. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Help me now. Help me now. Submit my crown to you. I give it up to you. I put, oh Lord, my, my crown in your hands. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. You are the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. I don't want to fight you no more. Hallelujah. Do I believe? Absolutely I believe. Do I trust? Absolutely I trust. But my God, I'm letting go. I'm letting go of my control. Hallelujah. I'm going to be open hearted open-minded hallelujah my soul is open for you I yield to your Holy Ghost would you do that right now church would you truly yield to the spirit right now hallelujah hallelujah come on yield to the Holy Ghost give yourself some of you have experienced it before but you still fight it you still grip a hold of that crown come on give it up hallelujah Lord have your way in my family Lord have your way in my marriage Lord have your way in my children Lord have your way in my life in the name of Jesus move in this house right now I pray right now stifle the voice of Agrippa stifle the voice of self-control and selfishness I must decrease and he must increase oh come on come on yield yield it come on hallelujah come on yield it Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Ha. Come on, saints. The prayers of the saints release bondages right now. Come on, put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Pair up with somebody. Pray, pray for this atmosphere to be changed right now. Hallelujah. Jesus. If you were encouraged by this message, and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church, or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 